Welcome once again to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here. Scott Sharp away today. He's been replaced with the lovely Judy Sharp. Judy, how are you? Oh, Greg, thank you very much, darling. It's lovely to be here sharing this um, uh, program with you today. Yeah, we've chuffed him down to Melbourne. We thought we'd better get him out driving the truck and getting... Good for him to get out every now and then, isn't it? Well, it is. But, you know, you and I will need to be a bit careful because... Last time he went to Melbourne and Sarah and I were doing the program, we had a mystery call from him. He was streaming us. Oh, okay. And I didn't believe you could hear 2NURFM that far away. With all this newfound technology, you can now. Yeah, so you and I better not say anything mean about him. Well, we'll try not to. We'll keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Not for long. No. Well, what have you got planned for us today, Judy? Well, I thought we might talk about uh, fertilisers, particularly sulphate of potash. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, because one of um, one of your listeners and Scott's listeners rang me over the weekend to try and solve a problem she had. She'd bought a bag which was from a bulk supply with no instructions on. So, you know, I thought I'd follow up a little bit on that kind of information. Uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, we need to... Only six weeks away. Six weeks, yeah, we've got to do a lot of stuff for that in the garden. I'll start thinking about Christmas. <laughs> uh, and uh, roses probably need some attention. Uh, and, you know, we'll just start uh, cruise on through the fertiliser situation, I think. And we've got Brian from Waratah. Brian, some problems with your passion fruit. Yes, um, buds are falling off. They form, turn yellow and fall off. And I've got literally hundreds of them all over the ground. I'm sweeping them up every day. Brian, there is a solution, and it is the weather, but I don't know how we're going to solve it. Oh. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is Scott's favourite solution, isn't it? Sulphate (laughs) of potash. (laughs) Well, I'm a regular user of uh, sulphate of potash duty, regular. Oh, well, it is wonderful product, Brian, but the problem is this year we've had a very unsettled spring. I'm sure you'd agree with me. Definitely. Yeah, it couldn't be more unsettled. And the one thing that reacts badly to that kind of weather are passion fruit. Okay. And tomatoes sometimes will object as well, but passion fruit just have to have a lovely settled spring. Um, So I'm sorry, there isn't anything really that you can do. Just hang in there and uh, hope the weather starts to get uh, into a nice even pattern for us. Yes, in all my years of growing passion fruit, uh, this is the first year I've ever had a problem of uh, this magnitude. Yeah, that's because you're a potash user. Okay. <laughs> but it hasn't worked this year, unfortunately. No. But still keep up the good work. Keep trying with it. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Brian, for ringing. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you do have any questions, give us a call on 49216216. Now, I'm not really quite sure, even though Scott mentions it every week, sulphate of potash. I'm not actually quite... What's it about? What is it? How good is it? Uh, well, it's to use... You use it, Greg, to promote flowering and fruiting, uh, and it's an essential element, uh, which isn't often in, say, cow manure or poultry manure. And uh, actually, it was one of your listeners who rang, and she'd bought it from a bulk supply, and it didn't have any info on the back. So I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look on our shelves and see if I can help her. Uh, when you buy granular potash... You shouldn't really try and use it into container-grown plants. You then need to go to a soluble fertiliser. So if we've got time, I can go into that now if you'd like. I'd love um, to. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, with the granular potash, uh, for um, sandy soils, you apply 15 grams to a square metre. 
Okay. Okay. Now, for any other soil, 10 grams to a square metre. And I'm sure the lady that rang me at the weekend will be listening today to see how <laughs> I solved her problem. Uh, but you always water the soil first and water it after. There is another um, supplier, and it's known as Manutech. Now, that's in soluble form. So you use one teaspoon to two litres of water, and that can also be applied dry. If you're going to apply it dry, again, 10 grams to a square metre, but you've got to water it in well. Okay, so that's definite measurements, or if you oh, do what that, I do, just toss it around and No, 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 please follow the definite, because <laughs> it can be quite strong. Yep. Uh, Searles make a wonderful liquid form, which is ideal for pots. Uh, you apply it every two weeks before flowering, right, or blooming, whatever, or fruiting, right through to the end of fruiting and blooming. And... Uh, if they're new plants, a qualification here, you half rate it to 5 mils to 10 litres. Now, if listeners need follow-up on that, they can always give me a ring at the nursery because, you know, they probably didn't have their pens and pads yep. out then, yeah. As we all do. <laughs> it is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got, what a great name this is, Greg from Morissette. How are you doing, Hi, Greg? Hey, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You've got some problems with your dragon fruit. I certainly do. Um, I bought some cuttings about a year and a half ago, and uh, I've potted them. Uh, the pots are well-drained. Uh, they get lots of water, and I've actually been fertilising with Charlie carp. Uh, what's been happening with them is they're a little bit stunted uh, as far as height goes. Uh, we're getting a lot of um, horizontal uh, growth, but no vertical. Just wondering if there's something else I can do. Okay, Greg, uh, perhaps ease off the Charlie carp. It's a little bit like using sea sol. Some people get um, so um, wrapped up in sea sol, they never use another product. And sea sol actually promotes root growth rather than actually feeding the plant. So I'm wondering if um, it might be time for you to go out and buy a soluble fertiliser, um, something like Flourish, and you can use that every single week. Ah, good. Yeah, um, and the other thing is, have you used a positive fertiliser? Um, the only one I've ever used is Charlie Carp. Okay, rightio. Well, you need to go and buy some Bounce Back, right. uh, and that's a positive fertiliser, and you'll put hand, not a whole handful in each pot. Follow the instructions. That will slowly release into the soil, because it sounds to me as though the soil itself needs building up. Okay. Okay, does that help? Okay. That helps. I'll give that a try. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you, Greg. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, so we've got Gwen from Beresfield. How are you doing, Gwen? I'm well, thank you. That's good. you got some problems with your gerberas? Or? Uh, no, they've been established in the garden for about 30-odd years, and I'm just wanting to move them to a new garden. I'm wanting to know, is it better in the cooler months to do that? Ah, uh, Gwen, that is always wise, of course. But I think at the moment you'd do it pretty safely. With all the rain around. Oh, yes, dear. And it's, it's quite cool. Are you going to split them? Uh, no, I split them some years ago, Judy, and um, they're just, you know, the individual more or less plants now. But I just want to take them and give that ground a rest and put them into another, another bed. Okay. No, look, I'd be going ahead now. I don't think you'd have any problems. Uh, I'm not familiar with the weather forecast this week, but I'm sure there's more rain on the way. 
So I'd do it now, and if we don't get rain, just keep the water up to them. And and do you use a soluble fertiliser, you know, when you're transplanting? Uh, no, I, I've got some thrive, thrive though, if that yep, would that is good. fine. That is fine. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely give them an application of that, you know, perhaps um, the day after you transplant. Oh, good. Okay? Yes, I don't want to lose them. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you won't. Look, um, you, you know where to find me if you do, and you can get angry with me. <laughs> no, no way. Thank you Thank very you, much, Judy. Bye. And we've got Sue from Lampton. Hi, Judy. Great to hear you back on air, lovey. Oh, thank you, Sue. They oh, don't wheel great. me out very often, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott always says he's got to get... get... That Zimmer, how to get that Zimmer frame in the um, door frame, huh? Door well, frame. no, you know, it kind of is a little bit like that, you know, so my son would have all the listless thing, <laughs> eh? <laughs> I think being in denial for all those things is probably a good thing you might consider, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, two quick questions. Lemon tree with curly leaves and no flowers and certainly no fruit and a tomato question. Right, okay. We'll deal with your curly leaves first. Of course, okay. that's citrus leaf miner. Yep, yep. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately today there are a lot of products we can't use on edible foods. Yep. Uh, so what you need to be doing now is spraying with an eco oil yep. on a regular basis. Once a week? Oh, no, it's not that often. Um, Once a fortnight? Yeah, look, you always follow the instructions pretty clear on the bottles. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, And um, I find it's a preventative rather than a cure. Okay, yep. So if you miss out doing it, you'll surely get the leaf miner coming around when we get the warm weather. And the other solution is to prune that off lightly. That will help, yep. Okay, and the um, tomato... Some I've got in the ground and some I've got in pots and uh, one in the ground and one in a pot is all gone, all yellow um, leaves. Um, so, Which one is in the pot? Uh, it's not, one in the pot's not so bad, but one in the ground's gone all yellow leaves. Right, okay. Which variety is it? Well, you uh, can't remember. Green at the top. Green at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I planted so many, thought I'd remember it all. You know, but uh, that's all right. There's probably, no. um, there's probably a little. They're probably little ones. They're probably sweet bite then. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Now they're very heavy feeders. Did you pump up the soil with cow manure before you planted? Uh, it went into a rose bed, um, um, thinking that they'd stay like a foot high, but they've gone to like three meet two meters high, um, and can't see the roses. Of course, and um, so that garden bed has got <clears throat> numerous amounts of stuff in that. Yeah, so, the, yeah, but the numerous amounts of stuff, um, yeah. if you're gardening correctly, which I know that you would be. Do would, you? Yes, of course. You'd be using poultry manure on your roses, wouldn't you? Um, yes. Uh-huh. Well, that creates alkalinity. Uh-huh. And tomatoes, they tend to like a bit of acid soil. That's cow manure. So there isn't a lot you can do about it now. Yeah. Uh, maybe are you using Flourish regularly? 
Um, I've got another brand of uh, I'm using at the moment, flower and fruit. That um, yep, that's I've, good. I'm that's using. good. Yeah, yeah. No, keep that up. Uh, I'm thinking it's just lacking a little bit of um, you know the uh, the element that tomatoes like, and you could yeah, get okay. a little bit of cow manure, sprinkle it around. Yeah, but sure. The other thing is um, hesitating on this a little bit. The one in the pot's fine. The one in the ground's not. Uh, you know, you can get um, blight in tomatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. so yep. if the leaves get too damaged and, you yep. know, they start to grow, go grey and shrivelly, yep. uh, perhaps you best, you know, pop into us or to a nursery with some of the leaves and let yep. us have a look before it goes too far. Okay, all right. And an apology as well. Um, I find over the years that there's so many calls about lemon trees and passion fruit, and today having to ring up for a lemon tree question was like, oh, God, there you go. You're <laughs> ringing about a lemon tree. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. And oh, I did look. plant two passion fruit um, plants the other day, so look out. I might ring about them soon. Well, you'll probably get Scott back then, so he'll, you know, he'll use the sulphate of potash word, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So, um, Thank you, Sue. Thanks for the giggle, and um, we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Thank you for ringing. Looking Thank forward to you. it, sir. Bye. Bye. <laughs> It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. She was a bit of a card, Sue, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she was, yeah. Well, I go. knew her voice. She's a regular, I think. Very good. Well, we've got Faye from Caves Beach and a mango trees. That's, mangoes are quite nice this time of year. Hello, Hello. Faye. How are you? Well, I'm not very happy. Oh, My darling, I know why, yes. Two of them have a problem. And are they dropping flower? Well, is that called flower at the end where it's all brown and crumply? No. It's where the little mangoes are and like a, a stick and it had like greeny... Um, Everyone's got greeny today, Greg. Yeah, it's very, yes, a it's popular, popular colour in the garden, yeah. Um, but then what's happened is when I go up to it and touch it, it crumbles and all falls like crumb. Oh, Faye, look, without seeing it, this is a big guess. I think you've got anthracnose. Well, that's a big word for me to know too, isn't it? <laughs> have you got black on your leaves at all? Any black spots? No, no, you I haven't. haven't. Okay, the right here. Yeah. Lovely and green. Right, and at Caves Beach, do you get a, you get a lot of salt wind there, wouldn't you? Oh, probably. Yeah, could it just be burn from all this weather we're having? All right. Have you had fruit on them previously? Oh, yes. I had about eight lovely mangoes last year. Well... They're only from... Like, they're only... Would you believe these trees are only about four foot high? Yeah, don't let them get too high out there near those salt winds. Look, I think, uh, Faye, we need some emergency treatment. I think you need to cut off those ends that are shriveling and... Yes. And... uh, and some leaves and take them in uh, to a nursery where you can get some good horticultural advice. Oh, right. And I know out at Caves Beach you may not have access to that. No. No. The other way you could do, if you like, you could put it in the mail and uh, in an envelope and send it in to me at the nursery and I can have a look and ring you. A photo of it, oh, not an actual plant. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, no, no, I'd like to see a little cutting off the oh, end okay, of the yeah. branch. Yeah, and a photo would be good too, but I need a little cutting off the end of that branch. Okay? Right. Yep, yep. Where I've sort of, you know, 
crunched them and those are just sticks now. Yes, but, you know, give me a little bit of that if you can. All right, that would be wonderful. And don't forget to include your phone number for me so I can oh, give no, you a I ring. Oh, no, I won't. Okay, that thanks, would be Faye. Lovely. I was going to give them a big dose of potash, somebody said that, but I thought, no, I might just ring somebody first. I thought Friday was the line for talking to the... Um, garden guru in there so I'm oh, did so you? glad I got you today. No it's Monday for the garden guru. Oh yes. Yeah I've sent him out to do some real men's work for a change. Have you? Right. Yes darling. Uh, but right. uh, any... Well, where do I'll send them to your... To the nursery. Yes. Now you know the address is 4 no, Alice Street. No, I'm sorry. Oh okay 4 4 Alice Street as in Alice. Wonderland. Yes. Merriweather. Oh, well, that's very close. Okay. Um, right, I could even perhaps go past that way and drop a piece in and have a chat to somebody. Well, that would be a good idea. If you come on a Saturday or Sunday, I'm always there, and you could perhaps go into the beach and have a nice lunch and a glass of wine as you oh, go past. Oh, no, and then I've got to drive back to Cape Oh, you Don't do put too. bad ideas okay. in my head. <laughs> well, I'll just wait till I hear from you, Faye. Thank you All very right. much. Thank you so much for Thanks. your help. Bye. Okay. And we've got Diane from Bellbird Heights. How are you, Diane? I'm very well, thank you. And you? Very good. Now you've got some problems about your geraniums? Um, no, I don't have problems. It's just um, I'd like to know a really good um, feed, what I can give my geraniums and also my maidenhair ferns. Oh, Diane, they're two extremities, aren't they? They are, but I've got the most beautiful maidenhair ferns and um, I'd just like to know what I could give them. Now you have to be very careful with maidenhair ferns. Now are they in pots? Yes, they are. They're on my back veranda and they're absolutely gorgeous at the moment. Right. Well, I'm, I'm so going to be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'd better be very careful with your babies. I'd yeah, hate to give you the wrong it. food. Uh, there is a wonderful product called Flourish Green. Green mm-hmm. Flourish. And I would be getting that and it's soluble and making it just half strength. Flourish Green. Flourish Green, but only... Dissolve it to half strength, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. And now uh, with your geranium, they in pots as well? Yes, they are. Look, you could um, uh, you could give them a little bit of slow release like bounce back mm-hmm. because they probably like a little bit of a positive food. Um, and because they flower, uh, if you've got sulfate of potash at home, uh, I'd I be... have. You put some of that in too? Yes, but be careful seeing it's in a pot. Just give them a little bit. A little bit, dear, yes. And then I still give them the, uh, is it bounce back? Is that what you said, bounce back? Yes, oh, yes, for your geranium, not for yes. your maidenhair. No, no, not for no. my maidenhair. No, okay, that's all right. You threw me then. I thought we had it mixed up. No, no, no. Bounce back and some potash for the geranium. Yes. And um, green flourish. Green. Yeah. Half strength, though, please. Half strength, yes. yes. I, I don't want to do anything to them. No. It's taken me such a long time to get maidenhair ferns like this that I don't want anything to happen to them. They're absolutely gorgeous at the moment. But, Diane, you know, sometimes uh, if it's not broken, why fix it? Well, don't give them anything. Just let them grow like they are. I'd be inclined to. They just love water. Oh, I give them a lot of water. I'd be inclined to do that. If they're looking unhappy, then do the green flourish. No, they're not. They're actually uh, really flourishing at the moment. 
I'd leave them alone, darling. Because they've all been repotted recently and they've just come on in leaps and bounds since that's happened. I definitely would leave them alone. All right, I'll do that. And I'll just get the bounce back for the um, geraniums and put some potash. That's exactly right. Oh, thank you very much for that. That's okay, Diane. Glad to solve your problem. Thank you. Bye. Here's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Alan from Medford. How can we help you, Alan? Uh, look, uh, just a question about seeds. Uh, I am in a wheelchair and I've got these raised garden beds. Last year, I've had no problems whatsoever. I just sowed the seeds and everything came up. This year, I decided I would put some blood and bone in. I put some dolomite lime in and dug it right through and left it for a week and then put some seeds in. And I have got absolutely not one plant came up. What have I done wrong? Alan, how far down did you dig the blood and bone in? Uh, the length of a spade. Yeah, that should have been all right. Um, the dolomite lime's probably been washed away by the amount of rain we've had. Have you seen any ant activity around? No. No. Do you think perhaps they've just got washed away? I mean, that can happen with seed as well. We've had yeah, such well, torrential rain. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought bean seeds would have... No, no, they're too big, of course, they're too big, yeah. And you're not seeing any ants around at all. No. But you know what beans do require? Yeah. They require warmth, and we aren't getting a lot of that, are we? No. So I'm inclined to say, Alan, leave them, and let's see what happens within the next couple of weeks when the weather warms. Yeah. How long have you had them in? Three and a half weeks now, I think. Yeah, I think we'll give them another couple of weeks before you start digging around. Oh, okay then. I'm sure that's all it will be. You know, I mean, a lot of listeners and gardeners wouldn't realise, but you do, obviously. You can't grow beans in winter because the soil's too cold. Yeah. And uh, you always wait until we get warm spring weather before you start sowing. So I think it's just been a little bit up and down this year, darling. Yeah. Okay. okay, then. We'll leave and see what happens. See what happens. Thanks, right, Alan. Thanks Bye. Very much. Bye. Now, Christmas not too far away. You mentioned something earlier about roses, Judy. Oh, roses are suffering now, Greg. Too much rain and they're starting to get the fungal disease as the black spot. Uh, so at the moment you need to cut off any leaves that are infected by it and dispose of them and spray your roses with copper oxychloride. Uh, which actually leaves a deposit on the leaf and hopefully that keeps the black spot away while we're getting all this wet weather. Um, The other thing you should do with your roses, I always think you give roses something to eat every month and that makes them stronger. But this month, instead of food, I'd suggest that you use dolomite because it sweetens the soil up again. Dolomite's a form of lime with potassium added and uh, it really needs replacing because the rain leaches it out of the soil very easily. So do that to your roses too and even throw a bit of lime around your grass. Oh, okay. Mm. Does that affect... Is that bad for your grass? Or? No, 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 it's good. But you don't put it on too heavy and you, wa- yeah. you, know, you make sure you water it in. Lime doesn't move very far through the soil, uh, so you never put it on um, in too deep, whatever you're doing. But when you've had the amount of torrential rain we've had, uh, there really wouldn't be much lime or dolomite left in the gardens. Okay, it is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Vivian from a Cardiff. 
How are you doing, Vivian? I'm well, thank you. That's good. How can we help you? Uh, I'm after a recipe for a tomato spray using pineapple juice. Oh, okay. So are you spraying that on roses? No, on tomatoes. On tomatoes to keep the fruit flies away? Yes. Uh, look, I remember having that a f- quite a few years ago. An elderly gentleman rang through with it. Mm. Uh, look, I'm sure, and I remember it had to be Golden Circle. That, that's correct. And I'm, I think it was just an average size, um, you know, of pineapple juice, tin of pineapple juice or even pineapple, yeah. and uh, you mixed it up with a litre of water. Uh-huh. I knew it was Golden Circle pineapple juice, but <laughs> yes. I... Didn't, I couldn't remember, and I've lost the recipe. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was with a litre of water. Okay. And did you try that before, Vivian? No, I haven't tried it. I wrote it out. Yeah. But I didn't need to try it last year. You didn't have any fruit I, fly? No, no. Yeah. So I was lucky. But I thought, I haven't got any this year either. No. So in and case I do, I thought I'd... And my cousin wants the recipe. Oh, right. Well, you know, the problem with fruit fly, and I suppose we should qualify it while we're talking about it, is that uh, we can no longer use sprays that are systemic on edible food. Uh, So now we have to resort to fruit fly traps and different things uh, and methods like the pineapple spray. But uh, the old-fashioned one that I always use, I mix up Vegemite, with malathon to a spreadable paste. Now, there are no numbers or quantities here. You just keep adding it till it's a spreadable paste and you paint it on your tomato steak. And that attracts the female fruit fly. She She eats the malathon and she's gone. Oh, that's great. Okay. Thank you for ringing, Vivian. You're welcome. Thanks very much, Judy. Bye. Nurse, you and Scott always have interesting ways how to kill insects. Every week, something a bit different. Scott was telling me last week he cuts off heads of insects. and Oh, grasshoppers. I yeah. do that too. Yeah, but he feeds those to the goose at the nursery. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just like to. Nothing seems to get rid of grasshoppers. It's a case of catching and being cruel. We've got Karen from Baroque. Karen, some problem with garden pests. Yes, I do. Um, hello. My, um, I built some garden beds. And I brought soil in, raised garden beds, and I brought soil in. And unfortunately, I didn't realise that I also introduced nematodes. Oh, no, Karen. Oh, dear, you know, uh, Nemacure is no longer on the market. Uh, So now the only solution for you to do is leave that ground fallow and you can plant marigolds, nematodes. Yes, yes, but there's my vegetable garden. I oh, know, so you've got vegetables in there. Yes, I'm, uh, I've got told I can use um, alternating molasses, humate, sea sole and soil conditioner, which works as long as I every two weeks add one or the next one or the next one. Yeah. But then they all rise to the surface again. So I was just, without digging them all out, because they're all a metre high and they're three metres long, and it was a heck of a job filling them up. Yes, yes, yeah. I don't really want to dig them all out. No, no. But look, honestly, I mean, keep that process going. But once this crop's finished, I would leave the ground fallow for six months and plant marigolds. 
Right oh and, well just um and that should get be the bees it. happy. Yeah, and then you won't have to um you won't have to change the soil. I'll keep my fingers crossed, but I find that method generally works. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I was hoping there was a bit more simpler solution to oh, that because, look, I'm you know, sorry. feeding the family. No, sorry darling. Um and aren't you lucky you're not growing the grapevines in there? I mean, when you said from broke, I thought you're going to be growing grapes no my husband moved here 30 years ago and it was um, empty land and he just had a small herd of cattle and now he's surrounded left right behind and front with grapevines and we're the only block that doesn't have grapevines on it (laughs) (laughs) well good luck with the nematodes (laughs) thank you very much thanks karen bye 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 no worries karen well judy i think we've got time for just one more call and it is Philip from Rutherford. How are you, Philip? Good afternoon. How are you? Very good, thanks, mate. How can we help you? I've just purchased uh, a couple of these raised garden beds, and I'm just kind of curious as to what sort of best mix of soils and that to put in it. I did once purchase some um, river loam from a nursery, and within about two months I just ended up with sand. So- uh- Phil, uh, you live, you're at Rutherford, so you've got Saddington's nearby. Yes. Uh, I'd go to Saddington's and get their organic soil mix. Thank you, Dave. I use that myself at the nursery when we're doing bulk potting, you know, doing roses and deciduous trees. Uh, we grab it from Saddo's over at Broadmeadows. So um, I know that their organic soil mix is good, and um, if you're going to plant veggies in, it's ideal for it. Now, at the bottom, like, we've got a Kikuya lawn. Um, I don't want a Kikuya coming up through it, so I pull all that out beforehand, or do I put a mesh in the bottom, or what? Oh, so the garden beds don't have bottoms in them? I haven't got out of the box yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you better check. But you don't want... You'll, you'll probably find that the impact of the garden bed and the soil on there will... St- you know, kill the kikyu anyway. Uh, the other way you could go, of course, is spray the area with um, zero where you're going to put the beds to kill that grass off. Okay, then. Okay. All right, well, thanks for that. Will you enjoy when you unpack? Yes. Thank you, Phil. Bye. Bye. No worries, Philip. Is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM? And before we wrap up this afternoon, Scott Sharp usually joining me on Mondays today with Judy. Scott? Well, Judy, I should say, where is Scott Sharp? <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, I'd say he's probably um, driving through the Yarra Valley, going down there to Melbourne. Uh, a lot of great plants are grown down south, Greg. Uh, they're going to pick up uh, living Christmas trees, oh, okay. which is beautiful at this time of year. Hydrange, we get quite a few hundred hydrangea in flower. Teddy bear magnolias. They're the ultimate plant at the moment and they're really hard to get hold of. And the only way to go is your own truck down there and load it up and come and do the hard yakka, which he'll be doing on the way home tonight. No, tomorrow night and we'll unload on Wednesday. But he hasn't rung us, so he's not... Yeah, maybe he is quite busy today. Maybe he is. Yeah, probably stopped to have lunch somewhere nice. (laughs) Of course, yes. Thank you very much for joining me today, Judy. And thank you for having me, Greg. No worries. Guarding Talk Back. We'll be back again next week on 2NURFM.